All right. Today we got Grit Cult, and uh, that's his uh, Twitter handle at Grit Cult. What's going on, man? I'm good, man. Yourself? Doing well. So, I was just telling you this earlier, but I'm going to say it again. I was trying to prepare for this podcast, and I was going through your end thread on Twitter. Yep. And I think you have like 200 threads in there, and each one is crazier than the next. Um, so many, so many good topics you talk about. Um, so I guess my question, my first question to you is, um, like what exactly is your goal with your Twitter account? If you have one at all. So my initial goal with it was to basically use it as a notepad and just use it to not down note down thoughts as they came. And that, that essentially how it was operating and, you know, then it kind of delved into me sharing thoughts with people, interacting with them and, you know, just bouncing ideas with them. And now it's kind of turned into like something else and people actually enjoy some of the content I put in. Um, you know, it's not for everyone. Uh, I get that totally. But, um, you know, some people do enjoy it. And I definitely enjoy that kind of feedback I get from people. And, yes, it's been a very holistic and experience in terms of how it's affected my life yeah for sure i mean even just having a social media account in general i feel like changed a lot over the last 10 years where maybe five six years ago like you said you were using it as a notepad just putting out thoughts yeah where now it's like you know a social media account can be a business it can be uh it can you know it could be something much bigger than just someone's notes yeah, totally. I totally agree. And uh, I think that's going to become more and more prominent. Um, there is a demand for, you know, money to be exchanged in terms of people providing value on social media. I think that's going to be a huge trend, uh, if not already. Um, it's going to get even bigger. Um, it's going to be very normal for people to be full-time content creators, um, which more or less is already happening with all these agencies and stuff. But, you know, we haven't seen anything yet in my eyes. So I guess I'll ask you this, how does one take advantage of this? It seems like obviously a good idea to, you know, make a Twitter account, which I I did this year. This was the first year I did it or 2020. I made my account and, uh, you know, I didn't even know this kind of stuff existed until I really got deep into it. Obviously build a following, put out value and kind of see where it goes is what I've been doing but there's probably a better way to approach this, like a more systemized way or goal-oriented way. Um, what do you mean? So how should people approach um, Twitter? I would say it would, I think a good analogy would be that it's like a house party. Um, you definitely want to go there and be personable and, you know, you know, treat everyone as a kind of nice person in a sense. Um, there are some people that, cannot use twitter in the right way what they'll do they'll they'll come on and start beefs and you know they do all this like negative kind of stuff and the kind of analogy in my head is that if someone does that at a house party um they'll get kicked out and obviously they'll back blackball themselves and ruin their reputation so i, I think that would be my very much my main go-to kind of advice to people be you know treat as a house party and <clears throat> the people the person at the house party that usually has like 
uh, it's the most popular it's the one that's you know taking care of everyone else introducing people and you know expanding their social network in that sense um, I wouldn't say go there and just like to make money um, I, I see those kind of people and they tend to fail before they've you know delivered any value um, so you know value should be your first kind of uh, way of doing it me personally I feel as though I, I just got kind of lucky in some respects um, I'm not making much of it um, of social media or whatever on the internet but it has led me to a lot of opportunities um, even before I was in this kind of Twitter sphere I'm in now I was in very much a local kind of sphere and I'd, I'd use it to network with people that I haven't hadn't met before in London and we used to that one way that helped me was I network with people and we create an events company um, it's called at blacked out um, on Twitter so that's one aspect like so you can create business opportunities by getting to know people exchanging ideas like we're doing now I suppose and you know just putting yourself out there and it's always you know in terms of providing value I said to the guys that I've been working with now for about five six years now and um, I met them on Twitter and I, you know we, we just basically hit off we had the same kind of interests and we were both doing events we saw, and we said you know let's come together let's do an event together let's collaborate and you know it's a win-win situation um, I yeah. say always have, have that win-win kind of mindset yeah I agree 100% it's uh it's a very good like networking tool mostly is the way I see it like just yeah. for this for this conversation for example I'm talking to some guy it sounds like you're from from the UK with your British yeah. accent <laughs> um, I'm in the US in New York so you know ra random anonymous account I share a lot of your interests based on the stuff that you put out yeah. So, you know, reached out for a conversation. So it's cool that you could do stuff like that. No, definitely. And um, like when when I visit a city, I'll usually put out, oh, is anyone in the city? For and, sure. I, um, and like random people hit me up. And I, I talk to people in New York that I've met through Twitter almost every day in like various group chats or, you know, um, just shooting the shit with people. And, um, you know, you kind of absorb their culture as well. And, and that's, what, that's what really interests me is absorbing other people's culture or studying them in a sense that, you know, they have like little things um, that, that they talk about. Like, for instance, um, I discovered like Pop Smoke through um, but <laughs> over a year and a half ago. And like, you know, they were, the people that were very in that kind of space, um, they were doing all that kind of stuff that Pop Smoke does. I met them through Twitter or they networked with me through, um, you know, various apps. And I met their friends um, and we would just shoot the shit. And that was it. And uh, they introduced me to other people. I introduced them to other people. And um, I, I suppose that's one way of like gaining information that's, you know, ahead of the market or ahead of trends. Um, and I think, yeah, that's just one example, but there's, you know, countless many others. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually met a couple of people through here um, in New York that are, uh, you know, really smart, yeah. successful people that I probably would not have met, you know, otherwise in my social circles. Um, that's another that's another crazy way I look at it. Like before, you were always confined to, you know, the people that are around you. Like yeah. your friends are whoever is in your class in high school. Like you don't yeah. have a choice about it. Those are your friends. That's it. Yeah. And then it's kind of similar in college, although you have a little more variety. Yeah. Like you know you have the chess club or the, the party <laughs> the party kids or the gamers whatever it is, and you just join the circle that you're interested in but you're also yeah, totally. still confined you know yeah totally i totally i totally agree i think 
put out a tweet recently that said um, online, the way we say online is a pro is a pre-internet term. Now online is just default. You know, everything's yeah. just like online now. It's, if you say online, it's like saying calling a car or a horse's carriage. You know, it's yeah. it's an outdated term because our our reality has you know in effect changed. And uh, you know, I, I I just see this as normal. Like I, I've been doing it for so long now. I just you know meeting people off Twitter. Um, and like I saw some guy like he's he's putting out like um, how to DM people and network with people and I just I found that strange because he he was like formulating it and I was just doing it naturally and you know yeah. whenever like someone interesting follows me um, you know I'll, I'll read their bio I'll see their tweets and stuff and you know I I might hit them up and be like hey man uh, I really enjoy what you're doing or I really like your tweets or uh, you know other kinds of message and just you know start a conversation through that way um, yeah. and. I definitely enjoy doing that and I definitely enjoy seeing new perspectives and networking, learning people, learning from people, especially. Yeah. I, I see that too. People try to systemize it when in reality, if you just treat it like real life, it'll be so much more easy for you. Like just the same way you would strike up a conversation with someone in <laughs> yeah. real life. It's, it's, it's very similar to be honest with you. Like, um, you know, I, I started my account six, seven months ago and, uh, I think my account is like between like 10 and 12,000 followers now, yeah. which, you know, people say is, is, um, pretty fast progress. Definitely. I just treated it like, you know, I, I treat my people in real life, just talking to people, striking up conversations, being friendly, helping people as much as I can. Um, which it seems like that's the way to go about it. But like you said, I like that online is an outdated term. Like, that's that's the world now yeah and it's um i think there's a whole issue around like systemizing things so like you can tell when someone's using a systemized approach um you know it doesn't seem genuine doesn't come from a good place and i think you may not notice at first but you can definitely find out and like weed these kind of people out and it, and it almost feels like a betrayal in a sense <laughs> yeah. um but i think so and it, it goes down to like sales skills you can you can tell a person how to like sell but the thing is if it's not natural you you you'll, you'll be able to tell like they're reading a script or you know there has to be some sort of personal flair to it yeah um, you know so yeah i mean it's it's funny you mentioned sales because like the way i look at it everything is sales like even when you're talking to a random new person you know yeah. that's that's sales you're kind of selling yourself and in, 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 in a sense, um, I look at it the same way with my job. So for example, I'm a physical therapist and it's my job to help people through injuries or through pain. And a lot of the people I see are lazy. They don't want to do what I'm telling them to do, even though that's what's going to make them better. So I have to sell it to them, even though it's them that's going to benefit. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I totally 100% understand. And it's very similar to what I do. So I do um, like project management consulting and I'm essentially helping project managers become better at what they do. And what one thing you notice, and I do this as a day job as well. And, you know, I've started offering it um, to on the side to kind of like smaller businesses. Essentially, what you notice is that people are very set in their ways. And if you want them to improve their life, you've got essentially break it down into improving like certain habits so mm. it's very much a psychological thing that i'm gonna have to do i'm gonna have to come in um do like a sort of internal audit and essentially categorize what kind of person this is why they're doing this 
and then you know create a hypothesis in terms of oh this person is doing this because of x reason and the reason why they don't want to change is because of y reason a lot of the time it is um laziness but the thing is that's very human um yeah. people want to naturally go back to their baseline you know like yeah. to like one thing i i tell people to do is like note down more or less every sales step or not every sales step but any process that you do within your business just note it down in a small bullet point that will take less than 10 minutes a day to do that but the amount of uh, mental effort it takes can be a lot for some people so you need to build up that habit slowly enforce it and then you know slowly build up upon it and then what it does it, you know that after a while you've you've built the system in place it becomes like second nature and that's one of the main things i've noticed is um you know, people are very scared to change their ways, even if they know they need to change, even if like maybe in your case, it's like dangerous to their health, um, you know, or if it's dangerous to their business, like they recognize the need for change. And sometimes change is painful. Yeah, man, for sure. It's tough. Like you said, it's human nature. Um, you know, if something you've been doing it a certain way for 20, 30, 40 years sometimes, and then someone's telling you, you should not be doing it this way. You should be doing it this way. It's not just like a switch where you could flip it and that's it. Everything changes. It's deeply ingrained into your, you know, your daily habits. So like you said, you have to kind of do it slowly, one step at a time and yep. go from there. I, I think uh, James Clear talks about this really well in Atomic Habits. That was a really good yep. book um, that helped me help other people. And, and when it comes to that stuff. Um, so you, you said you you help businesses manage their projects better, in a sense? Yeah. Okay. That, that's literally it. That's it in one line. It sounds a bit abstract, um, but I mean, the kind of profession I'm in is abstract in nature in the sense that you're, you're managing different things. Um, so it could be a website or it could be a construction project. Those both fall in the category of project. So a project can you know, last a couple of years or it can last a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's very open-ended. Obviously, like it's very contextual as well. So you've got to learn essentially how each project operates and each, how each business operates and, you know, and see what you can tweak. But I think the best approach, you can definitely do it hard and fast. But that approach is usually best when you're starting a new team or you're starting from scratch and you can enforce these new kind of measures. Uh, usually it's, you know, you've got to change the people and then that will change the org organization. The organization, um, a company is essentially, you know, a bunch of people coming together and exchanging, um, you know, information in a sense is how I view it. Yeah, that's cool, man. Good stuff. So in reading your pin thread, I saw you had some very bold and crazy yeah. predictions about the future which was very interesting um obviously which one uh, which one stuck out for you uh, <laughs> a lot of them man a lot of the <laughs> crazy robotic healthcare stuff um was nuts but like obviously no one knows what's going to happen but you can have you know educated guesses on what you think is gonna okay. unfold which is cool that yeah. you that you do that. Um, you know, not a lot of people can say, "I think this is going to happen." So let's let's bring it to healthcare a little bit. Okay. Like, how, how do you see that unfolding over you know say the next ten years? So 
so I mean, in my personal life, um, I've been talking a lot of to a lot of people that are interested in buying a business, and one of the things they say is to go into healthcare. It's a growing market, um, especially on, mo- on multiple ends. So you're having increased. Um, actually, I bought an Ura ring today. Uh, you know the health tracker. So I bought that today. You know, so that's just showing how much the market is growing. Um, <laughs> yes. Technology is improving. So that's just one aspect. So um, bioinformatics. Um, is something I'm deeply, I was deeply interested in, not so much anymore, but that's one aspect. The other aspect is uh, population demographics are completely changing. So this is one thing I um, actually wrote my undergrad econometrics thesis on. I basically showed that the world population will actually not, it's not perpetually going to increase, it might decrease as well. And uh, the main reason is because people are not having enough kids and people, it's going to you know end up top heavy. So one of the main things is health technology for old people. So geriatric services in Japan at the moment, they're already having like uh, robot healthcare assistants. Um, you know, that's going to increase. There may be like insurance companies that will, you know, they'll be able to track your Uru ring outputs and they'll create like an insurance premium for you and fitter people will have, you know, lower health insurance. Um, Maybe in America, you know, other countries have, you know, have socialized healthcare, but that definitely may be an impact. I think, um, you know, there's going to be a huge push in terms of being able to track your metrics. Um, me personally, like, I think there should be some sort of open source um, place where people just, you know, input all their metrics and, you know, data scientists can actually, you know, break down data and be like, or oh, this person did X and, you know, and, you know, Y person did another thing. I think the other reason why health care is um, like scientists will say one thing one year and then 10 years later they'll reverse their position completely 180. It's it's mainly due to like the scientific method in terms of just going after health. It's it's, it's very, I don't think it's 100% well suited for that because you're looking at one minute thing and you're ignoring the entire picture. So for instance, it has to be like holistic in the way you approach health problems. Um, so one thing like people tend to forget is that something may work on a genetic level for one type of people, but it may fail for another type of people. And this is already the case in, you know, um, certain ethnicities that have, you know, higher propensity to certain diseases, but for other, um, and this is one of the reasons why I'm skeptical of the vaccine at the moment, uh, the Corona vaccines is because they did, you know, very small sample sizes and they're trying to extrapolate these success rates to a wider population, which will have huge differing, um, you know, baseline conditions. So that's, that's just my general view is that we're going to get more and more data. I think some of this data should be anonymized and obviously put out there so people can actually play around with certain things. Um, that, that may be not so great for other things if it can be you know, if people can be found out through that, and that's a whole other topic. But in terms of trends, it's going to be, you know, increased um, health tracking. I, I try to track more or less everything I do um, through time tracking, sleep tracking, and obviously the Uru ring is definitely going to help in that respect. Um, so in terms of trends, I would say um, there's going to be an increase in demand for personal trainers. Um, I've always been thinking about doing personal training as a sort of like networking tool with high net worth individuals. Um, I think that's definitely an area to go down. And I think um, the correlation between having good health and you know, mental clarity um, you know, speaks for itself. So, you know, I think one of the ways, if you, if you wanna increase your performance IQ tests and gen- just general high level net worth um, in terms of how you operate at a very 
high executive level, I think one of the main things people do is, um, you know, have some sort of fitness activity, um, you know, to maintain your health and improve your health. So that's one thing. So bioinformatics will increase. Um, people, I'm not too sure in terms of how often people will die in terms of death rate or age. Um, some aspects of them will be living longer, but their need for um, social assistance may increase. So we may be able to have like um, heart transplants with artificial hearts or whatever, but their quality of life may decrease. So it's, it's, it's a very much trade-off. Um, that's one thing. Um, I, I'm noticing like in some areas, people are actually regressing um, longevity. So in some parts of the West, uh, people are actually living uh, young, are people dying quicker than their ancestors. Um, and that could be due to a multitude of reasons. I think there's gonna be a huge need for, um, like, I think there's a decrease in testosterone. That's, that's quite a lot. Uh, but I don't know, I don't know, like, I have heard some good counterfactuals against that. Um, but in general, I'd say it's gonna be at the forefront um, people are going to see the need for health benefits. Um, and I, I think this whole um, body positivity thing where people will be like, you know, it's okay to be fat. I think that's a trend. I think it'll die um, just because the effect, even like fat people, you know, the social justice fatties um, that defend all this kind of thing, you know, they they eventually like once they start to get fit, they'll be like, oh, I'm fit and this feels good. Um, and they change their ways. So. So, like this evidence um, approach is definitely gonna keep going. Yeah, yeah. That you just unpacked a lot. <laughs> That's a, a lot of that. Um, I agree with. That I've been thinking about too. I'll bring it back to the tracking everything, like the bioinformatics and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that's gonna be probably the biggest technological advancement over the next 10 years because we're already seeing it now like you said with the oil yeah. rings and the whoop straps and all this stuff all this data is extremely valuable um in the sense that for example i'll just throw out an example we'll be able to monitor your vitals in real time and anytime you could set it so that anytime there's anything that's a red flag you know it alerts yeah it alerts you or whoever and you yeah. could get rushed to the hospital or you don't even need to go to the hospital at this point you'll just be administered the medicine that you need like for example to prevent a stroke or a heart attack yeah so that alone will probably won't eliminate all but it would eliminate a lot of those kinds of things like you know early strokes and heart attacks which is crazy because that's some of the largest causes of death that we have right now yeah i agree um yeah i, th I think like there are try there are people trying to like create nanobots that will you know administer these kind of drugs yeah. but i think those are very cutting edge things um that's probably later down the line yeah totally yeah. totally yeah. agree like the the black mirror kind of stuff we're we're not there yet, but uh, we seem to be trending in that direction. Just randomly, I saw um, on Twitter actually. I saw Microsoft filed for a patent to build robots based on dead people's information. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I did yeah yeah. <laughs> um, that that's interesting, but I don't think it's a new idea. 
um, I actually, um, me and a few other people have like tweeted about it before. Um, and I think, yeah, like that kind of concept has been around for a long time. Um, if, if you actually watch like very old sci-fi kind yeah, of TV yeah. shows, so like Star Trek from the 70s, I'm pretty sure like they probably had an episode on reviving dead people or creating artificial um, simulations. I think what people are mostly shocked about is that it's becoming a reality and you can do this. Um, I don't know. I haven't read the patent for Microsoft, but it'll be very easy to basically scrape my tweets and put them into like a bot generator, like a GPT-3 kind of chatbot. And yeah. then you can just generate that kind of personality. Um, that's a very rudimentary thing. And maybe in like 10 years time, we'll have like GTP, GPT-5, which is almost indistinguishable from human dialogue. Um, so yeah, it's 100% possible. Um, within our lifetimes as well, like, you know, it's, it's very doable. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. Um, I want to take it back to another point you were mentioning about, uh, you know, just taking more care of your health holistically and uh, yeah. the connection between like increased fitness, increased mental clarity, better performance at work, whatever it is. I think yeah. that field is growing a lot now. So I, I don't do that currently. I, you know, I work in the real world at a clinic, um, seeing patients face to face, but, uh, that's what I've been studying for the last six months. And that's kind of where I'm planning to take my business over the next, you know, couple of years. I think it's a big market where a lot of work is going to be remote. Now, a lot of people are going to be sitting at a desk for long periods of time at home, maybe access to a gym, maybe not. Yeah. Um, and they're going to need people to guide them in taking care of their body and all these kinds of stuff. This is not even talking about all the, you know, negative consequences of sitting for long periods of time, like with your posture and your neck and spinal issues that happen. I'm just talking general fitness here. Um, that's a whole nother topic that, that uh, we're yeah. trending in a very bad direction. Uh, from a PT standpoint um. I mean I, I suppose that's one way of looking at it but the other way of looking at it as you mentioned now I wouldn't say it's bad per se but there's also an increased opportunity for someone to you know get an expertise in the way we're trending and you know develop a solution and then exactly you know, just basically sell that um, exactly that's that's why one of the things I mentioned earlier was that, you know, becoming a PT to height net worth individuals is you can improve their like um, efficiency per day by 10%. They're, they'll be willing to pay quite a lot of money for that. You know, me personally, I, I don't, I don't need a personal trainer, but I might get one. Um, you know, if it increases um, my efficiency and decreases my workload um, and I, I'll just basically do what they say and I don't have to think about it. Exactly. You know, and, they'll, and they'll create a system. Yeah. So there's a huge market for that. And I think um, in terms of AI and creating, you know, apps and stuff, I think there's a huge market for that as well. You know, creating personalized systems, um, you know, using a lot of data, um, you know, in terms of algorithms and stuff. And that hasn't even scratched the surface of what we can do for, you know, human longevity and all that other stuff. Yeah. So you, you said something interesting. You, you have a theory that, uh, the population is going to go down versus up or so basically the Malthusian um, notion of the world is that people will start to overpopulate the earth exactly. and, we will, and we will not be able to provide them enough food. 
Well, if you actually look at the data, what's happening is that um, women, the number of women having children, um, about 100 years ago in the West was about five to six or around that number per woman, right? Children. And now if you look, it's, you know, it's like less than one, less than two. So a woman needs to have 2.1 children in order to have a replacement rate of the entire population because like 0.1% of people die usually before they are able to reproduce. So in that sense, we're like, I think some countries are 1.6. I know Japan's quite low. Um, I, don't, I don't know the exact number, but it's very low in the sense that, you know, it's almost a crisis for them. But on the other end, it's... Yeah, so that's gonna that trend is gonna increase. So people are still gonna have kids or whatever, but there's gonna be a tipping point where you know maybe late at the end of the century, where you know population starts to decline. So in many countries already, you know population is declining. So for instance, Japan is is a main one. I think a lot of people say like China's you know gonna have this huge growth, but they've also they're not providing enough children to replace their current um, you know generation that's got the most amount of people so you know the people from 30 to 40 those, those people are not having enough kids and in fact if you look into the um the schools in china like they're closing schools which is really bad they should be opening schools you know to have more children and you know replace the older population and the current the way the current economic economic systems are set up they are basically you know you work for an x amount of time and then you retire and the government gives you pension and they get that pension from the younger people if there's less younger people they're going to get less pensions um just because you know they're getting less less taxation money so i mean one counter counter argument to the um you know this economic problem that's coming is that you know automation will take care of it but I, I don't think i think it's very narrow window for certain countries i know for china that's why like they are very aggressive in their how they are you know trying to expand and you know they're trying to and i did got a lot of problems specifically but in general um we are going to increase population for a while and then it's going to decrease so for instance the population in japan um it was increasing for a while and then um women weren't having kids or and men weren't having kids you know families weren't placing their numbers and you know now it's now it's gone in reverse yeah uh, doesn't china have a law in place of how many kids you can have as well i think that's a big factor or does that not exist anymore i, I i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure um yeah can you hear me yeah sorry um yeah so yeah china did have a one child policy yeah. i think they reversed that um to have more kids um and I think what they're doing now as well is they are like trying to get people to have kids through you know various social programs. Yeah. So you mentioned Japan, I think the US as well. Do you see any correlation between like more advanced technology or you know more, uh, more advancing societies yeah. and the decline in population? Yeah, definitely. Um I, yeah, definitely. So the the main I mean what I wrote about was that the main thesis is that industrialization allows people to have um, less kids and redirects their energy to, you know, working mm. and, you know, getting a wage. And if you, the thing you notice is that industrialization is accelerating. So for instance, the time it took for uh, the Western countries to go to from like five kids or seven kids to like less than two kids, in the West, or it was about 30 years or something, 
and in like Bangladesh, it was like seven years. So it's like it's it's con it's like speeding up. Yeah. So the like how quick industrialization happens is increasing. Um, and you know this is having a huge you know effect. I think all across the world, you know people having like different rights and different you know technology is basically changing everything they believe in in a sense. Yeah, it seems like. I don't know. This is just a random theory, but it seems like yeah. less with the less children, like life satisfaction is going down as well. Like overall life set with the satisfaction one has with their life. Like the more you go the industrial route, the less happy you are. I have no data to back this up. Just, uh, yeah, no, that's definitely, I'm, I'm seeing that a lot in, in certain circles. Like hundred percent, I'm seeing a lot of people. Um, I think this is why, like, there's been a resurgence in popularity of the um, professor Ted Kaczynski. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, the Unabomber, and you know, he basically said that industrialization was a mistake, um, and you know, it's been a, it's it's really bad for the human race. Um, there are certain very good arguments to support that. Um, he, I mean, suicide has varied life satisfaction has varied but like these kind of qualitative tests and like uh you know if you ask what country is the happiest a lot of people say the nordic countries but then if you look at the date of suicide rates they've got one of the highest suicide rates yeah. and um part of it's also due to like and then you can like extrapolate this and like map vitamin d exposure i mean sunlight exposure to you know the certain populations and then you can like create a correlation between happiness and sunlight yeah and, it's too hard to. I was just saying it's too hard to to look at these kind of concepts like happiness. You know what I mean? Um, like which which is the happiest country? It's it's difficult to to figure that out and figure out a reason because, like you said, you can correlate it to anything. And how do you define happiness? Yeah, that that is an issue. Um, but then, like I would say. How, how did you come up with the hypothesis that people are less happy in living this industrial life, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. It's just, it's just my observations on living in New York City, um, you know, where people are very career oriented and yeah. industrious and not as much. How, how, how long have you lived in New York? I've lived in New York most of my life all of my life minus uh, a few years where I left. Um, but I was born and raised here and I lived here my whole life. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if anyone asked me, I'd be like, I can't live in the big city. Um, I mean, at the moment I live near, very near the countryside. I'm about two to three minutes away from like farmland. And yeah. like I've, I've lived in London and I've also lived in a smaller city called Leeds. And honestly, you can definitely, taste the difference in air quality of course I, I could I, I could taste the metal when i lived in london and the pollution and it was just so detrimental to of everything course, i agree 100 percent. now i'm with you i would say the only reason i'm still here is because a lot of my family is here and it's very difficult to get you know a lot of people to move to a different place when they live in a city like this and they're you know they have their jobs here and their careers and their houses and yeah and uh i'm very family oriented so i don't want to just go you know live yeah. on a farm alone but uh, <laughs> i am planning 
on getting out of here as soon as possible um and just going somewhere more quiet and you know more more country like yeah i mean i think before the call you mentioned this whole notion about trends and stuff um i think in the call you mentioned it as well so like this is another trend like um remote work like um is picking up you you can literally if you if you're able to find a way to make it remote you know you will be able to you know relocate um me personally i'm thinking of moving to somewhere i don't have to pay as much tax <laughs> of course because why would you live in a place where you're paying like a, a studio apartment in manhattan is like three thousand dollars when you can go yeah. to south america and get you know a beautiful two-bedroom ocean view balcony for six hundred dollars yeah. a month like why why would you do that doesn't make any sense no totally and i, I actually know people from new york that I've lived there for a very long time, worked there, etc. They, they, they moved out. I know one guy, he moved to uh, North Carolina or something, and he's probably going to move to Texas. I know quite a lot of people from California and uh, Seattle, you know, Silicon Valley type people. They've moved to Texas as well. Yeah, um, that seems to be the new migration. Like everyone is going from California to Texas. Yeah, I mean, if too, if too many people are doing something, I, I tend to be wary. Um, especially, like, I'm I'm quite very quite wary of the people who call them Silicon Valley kind of people. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm friends with a lot of them, and you know they're very cool people. But like, I don't I don't like to be too associated with one certain tribe. I, I like to consider myself more of a you know I, I like to see how things go. I'm interested in a lot of different things, and uh, I don't want to like niche myself down too much into yeah. a certain ideology. For and sure. with and with them, I definitely noticed like. Uh, so a lot of people are moving to Texas, right? And uh, one thing I've noticed, like, I was talking to a few people from Silicon Valley. They're like, oh, yeah, Texas is so good. I'm like, bro, what's going to happen? Is it going to turn out the same way? Because you have exactly. the same kind of people. <laughs> it's going to be the uh, new California. That's what's <laughs> going to happen. And, uh, what, and I think I was, I was looking at poll trend, trending, trends in poll, polling for Texas, right? And as, as migration happens to Texas from, from Democratic states, it's becoming less Republican. So if it, and then obviously they're going to implement certain ideologies and things that they believe are, you know, <laughs> I, th I think you know where I'm going with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, right? for sure. I, like, for example, why is California the way it is? Like, I, you know, it's a great place, but I have nothing against it. But their people are leaving because yeah. it's become a certain way. So why is it the way it is? It's because of the people that are in it. And now all these people are going from, you know, from here to here. Yeah, yeah. Now, this place is going to be the same eventually over time. I think, I think also that this whole trend of decentralization is a good thing, not only because it's, you know, good for my business because I folk, I help people, you know, migrate into a decentralized kind of model, but also because it's going to stop people from being, you know, um, locked in, in a sense. And I, I think like your, notion of like you don't want to leave your family but like nowadays you can just like talk to them online it's not the same but at the same time it will get to the point where it's very natural and you know online will be the new normal in a sense yeah see that's that's what i'm trying to avoid i don't want to even though that's going to be the new normal i feel like i don't want that to be my new normal you know what i mean like i want to yeah. live in the same region as my family i want to you know, go next door and, and see my parents and, and yeah. that kind of thing. I don't want to have to talk to them through Zoom and or whatever yeah, it is yeah, or whatever yeah. it's going to be. You know, obviously it's going to be 
very different and much more advanced but uh oh man <laughs> i'll leave that for for the next generation i'll just leave that for my kids to deal with i'm just gonna yeah. like you said go get a farm somewhere you know build a little land and just you know live live the rest of my days away from from these crazy technological advancements they're very interesting and I, I like to learn about them and stuff but at the same time it's it's scary stuff like when you grow yeah. up one way and now you have to live in a different kind of way it's, it's crazy to think about yeah definitely and i and i think this trend is speeding up um yeah i think this, it's speeding up this year like 2020 alone i feel like accelerated this probably five years that might be a that might be a bit exaggerated but it definitely accelerated it quite a bit because everyone was home for six months and you know like just yeah, for example yeah. like education everything now is online um you know if you want to work out like you said personal trainers everything is online like you had they people had to find a way to quickly adapt to to what had happened so you know everything definitely moving a lot lot faster no definitely and i think i think this year it's going to be even more a lot of people think oh yeah it's, it's going to slow that, down no that's <laughs> that was my question that's that's exactly what i wanted to ask you so now that we're in 2021 we're in this like limbo yeah. stage where some people think oh we're going back to normal now and a lot of people realize that we're not going back to normal. Like it's going to be the same exact thing as 2020, if not worse. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that. And like, you know, yeah. So for instance, so for instance, like, I don't think I'm going to go back to the office this year. So I'm, what I'm doing now is like, I've, I've already decentralized like my income. I'm getting money from, you know, multiple different time zones through multiple different uh, venues and I think everyone should do this I think that everyone should try to find a way of like trying to make money on the internet um, I think this should be the new normal and you should do it as soon as possible one one trend I noticed on Twitter was um, I wasn't really as active some parts of 2020 but one thing I noticed was that people were able to gain a lot of followers very quickly I think I gained a couple thousand you know in a couple of months when I tried um, and I think this is a general trend. I think more and more people are coming online. A lot of people have more time online, um, and uh, this is this is gonna this is gonna continue. Like people aren't gonna go back to work as much. Um, so if you're gonna if you're thinking about online business, now is the time to you know implement your new system. It's probably gonna be easier than ever. Um, you don't have as much competition yet. Um, I think competition is gonna start to increase and ramp up. Uh, it was a really good year for e-commerce online. Um, you know Shopify, all these like companies that were future oriented and had the right kind of tech stacks they do, they are the ones that you know improved and had really good years in terms of uh, value so i think this is going to increase mainly because they've got a lot of momentum behind them um, you know corona even with the, even with the vaccine there's multiple strains um, another, another strain if it keeps mutating it's going to i don't know it's not going to be great for the people who make vaccines um, you know so expect this to be the you know way of operating now even if we go back to normal people are so used to working remote like i don't think even if like they wanted to they'd go, they'd go back i talked to a lot of people from work and stuff they'd be like yeah i, I don't want to go back the commute will kill me it'll be like two hours commute 
and you know, I waste X amount of money where I can, I can just hop out of bed and you know, spend a lot more time and be a lot more productive. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people before this uh, remote working, um, they were kind of against, um, before Corona, they were against remote working because it was hard to navigate. But one thing I'm noticing personally is that there's an increased demand for a need for a solution in terms of getting people to work in an asynchronous um, way. So that's one trend. And I think this problem of people being unable to work in a remote way is being solved. Um, you know, Zoom, their share price went up a lot. Microsoft have released Microsoft Teams. Uh, this, my Discord members have increased by, you know, a couple hundred, I think doubled over the course of 2020. So, so this need of like, um, you know, this new normal, it's here to stay. Uh, people think it's going to go back, but no, you know, we, we already like kickstarted this new uh, decade uh, in a very new tech oriented way. Yeah. It's, I feel like a big, big change that happened as well is like people's behavior changed. So the way they, the way they look at life and the way they do things change. So for example, if you rewind two years, it was very normal to go out to eat, you know, a couple of times a week, yeah. um, to go to the movie theaters on the weekend, to go out to a bar on the weekend, whatever it is. Okay. Now it's like, even in this short span of like six months, it's become a weird concept. Like when was the last time you heard someone saying like, you know, you're going to go to the movie theater to watch a movie, for example, or like you're going to go out and have a drink with friends. Like that's become a weird concept that people don't want to do anymore. They've realized that, you know, staying home, I'm doing other stuff and I'm equally as happy and I'm saving money. And, you know, people like their spending behavior changed their social behavior changed. Everything has changed um, pretty significantly in this short time, which is crazy to think how adaptable human beings are. Like yeah, a yeah, couple of months and they've just changed their whole way of, of life pretty much. Yeah, totally. And I think it also like shows the merit of how people are able to organize themselves in a large way. So for instance, um, if, you, if you look back in history, you'll be able to see like a lot of complex things like giant armies organizing and giant empires. And now like we're in a very short period of time, we're, we're able to see like how people can organize in a very top down kind of way and, you know, implement a new type of lifestyle. Yeah. I think that's, um, I think that's one thing that people should definitely take note of how easy it is for people to change to a new regime in a sense. And it kind of explains a lot of things that have happened in history, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent that yeah we're literally seeing it firsthand like happening in the span of six months it's it's crazy like now if you go into a starbucks for example and you you stand you know too close to someone it's like yeah. frowned upon and people will look at you weird and people will call you out and tell you to move back it's like you know it's it's normal now that you have to be six feet away from everyone there's even like circles on the floor and like showing you where yeah. you have to stand and you can't stand outside of the circle interesting it's yeah I, th I think i think um that trend will be around for at least this year um and maybe some part of next year as well so i think you're gone this is this is probably the one that's bothering me most even though you know there's two sides to it obviously but how long you think we're gonna have masks on <laughs> I don't know. I think so. The Chinese, right? They um, have you seen uh, the Big Short? Yes. 
So basically, uh, Brad Pitt's character, he went to an airport and he'd wear a mask, right? And then he'd see like the Chinese guys, um, you know, they'd be wearing a mask. And I've seen personally, like in London, like the students would be wearing masks and, and it was, it's just part of their culture now. So there is a potential for it to be the new normal in terms of like you go everywhere and you wear a mask and you hand sanitize. And um, my, my uncle's a doctor and he said like he's, he's seen an uptick in people with like OCD behaviors. Yeah. So, like especially kids, especially kids, like kids who constantly like, cleaning their hands or see someone like you know, pick their nose or something and be like, oh, what's that? <laughs> yeah, no, um, man, for sure. It's, it's like uh, you're seeing people like, for example, you know, they, they open a door or just like, yeah. you know, the Starbucks door, for example, and now they have to wash their hands or sanitize their hands where before, like, you didn't think of that. You just, you know, go around doing your normal stuff. You know, you walk in, get a coffee, go to work. You don't think about, oh, I have to wash my hands now. So, I mean, I, I, I think like the hand washing thing is probably good. You know, hygiene, personal hygiene, people should take care of um, the mask thing. I, but the thing is, on the flip side, it, like it kind of makes you reactionary in the sense that you know you're you're playing defense and you know you're reacting to a problem and you've also got this kind of like fear um and loss kind of mindset where you're always scared that something might happen yeah. i think that's a neg that's a, definitely a negative repercussion of like this kind of mindset but in terms of how long this mask wearing thing will last i think until um you know a lot of people have cleared i think generally governments will probably ease up but i think there'll st definitely still be people you will see in 10 years time wearing a mask in the west that's, at least that's crazy yeah i mean not to get uh, too political with it but uh you know i have to wear a mask when seeing patients so yeah. it's been you know i i hate it that's my yeah. like i don't enjoy wearing the mask it's it's uh it's not good yeah, my, it's not a good thing my my cousin he he's actually training to be a dentist right oh, and that's um, terrible See, stuff like that is absolutely terrible now, man. Like, you're going to be suffocating for eight hours at work. He's not wearing a mask. He's, he's not wearing just a mask. He's wearing an entire, like, um, yeah. isolation suit. Yeah, yeah. So, like, he wears, you know, the things that people wore in, like, chemical labs. Yeah. He's essentially wearing that. Um, yeah. And, yeah, that's... So, like, he, he's completely isolated. And I think it may do something to the general psyche of people. That's, I think maybe people may be less trusting of each other. I was going to say, like, the implications to mental health of all this is is probably going to be very significant. Um, but, like, for example, they yeah. might implement a new thing now where it's not just a mask. You might have to wear a face shield. Um, that's something that's being talked about <laughs> in the healthcare industry in New York. And it might be mandated. So if that does happen, you know, that's the day where I quit my job and I start, you know, forcing myself to figure out online business because wearing a face shield and a mask and uh, <laughs> next is this, the whole suit. I'm, I'm not doing that, man. I'm not doing all that. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's two ways to look at it. I'd say, all right, so there's this issue with, you know, there's a problem being raised, but on the flip side, there's also this opportunity whereby you can actually develop um, you know, I don't know. So for instance, shopping, right? One thing I noticed before lockdown, I had a roommate, right? He was from Poland. He was a coder and he would live in the UK for about six months. So he didn't really know many people and he did it for tax reasons because he had a private company, but he did all his work remote. 
this is like uh, around late 2019, like December. And what he would do, he'd never leave his house. He would, he would, he would get his groceries delivered, and um, he would just stay in his room. And maybe like I'll talk to him every now and again when I'm making some food. But I'd be going, I'd be going out to work, coming home, get changed, go to gym, and you know, essentially, I'd be in and out of the house as much as I could be. But he'd be in the house all day, um, and I think. Like that's the way it's going. So, for instance, like all this shopping stuff, there's a huge opportunity in mm. creating these kind of like delivered and done-for-you services. Um, the other aspect is, you know, there's an increased demand, and for two reasons, there's an increased demand for it. Obviously, because people are a lot more health-conscious, but also because because it's like normalized. So, like if you're offering your services remotely, maybe like five years ago, it would be be like this guy's a bit. What, what's this guy doing? You know, how how is he going to consult? you know, if he's remote. But now, because, like, this kind of stigma has broken down of working remote, like, you have access to a huge market. And like I said earlier, like, you know, everyone should be trying to do some online stuff. Me, personally, I, I got kind of roped into it, and it was just like, look, opportunity, right place, right time. And uh, it's working out well. Hopefully, it keeps going well. It might not, uh, you know, anything can happen, really. And, uh, yeah, I think that's a general trend, and the positive to take away from it is, yeah. you know, so uh, definitely I see what you're saying. I think there's two ways to look at what you said is one is you can, you know, see where the opportunity lies and see which way things are trending and kind of take advantage of it to benefit the people and to benefit yourself. But then there's the flip side where is this the way we should be trending and you know, should we be feeding into it or should we tr be trying to do mm -hmm. things to reverse the trend and go back to, I, I don't want to say how we're supposed to be because, you know, who, who knows what that means, but, yeah. uh, you know, back mm -hmm. to a more normal, well, th there, there it is again, like you can't really say normal, but like back to a normal lifestyle of how we used to live yeah i definitely see your arguments um one thing i'll say is that the trend is full stop you know it's happening <laughs> yeah you yeah. know, you know it's, it's happening, happening whether you like it or not so yeah exactly you, know, you either jump in jump on it or other people are going to do it but on the flip side also also say because you are able to work remotely um you, you you're no longer tied to these metropolitan places such as cities even though they may be great for networking, but that's not always true. Um, you can literally do your work in a farm and have a giant family and, you know, live in a homestead, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And you, you could do that. Like there's, there's like less barriers to entry now. Yeah. Um, I know, I know a guy who, who's made a lot of money off crypto and, you know, he, he works, he's trying to find ways to make money online and work remote and he'll be able to live that farm life that, you know, he, he, he's been posting about for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's just, uh, you know, trend is, like you said, it's crazy. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy thing to think about. Like, you know, it's just going to happen. You know, you got to kind of just adapt and figure out. I guess the most important thing you got to do is figure out what you want. Because I feel like we're in a place where if you just live and like kind of go with wherever you go, you end up getting sucked into the it's like the the typical thing you see where you know the guy's home he's fat 
he's addicted to video games and and social media oh, yeah. and he just does his job and lives like a robot you know what i mean i feel like yep. if you don't have that mental clarity and kind of figure out what you want and be intentional about getting it it's very easy to get sucked into that and you just become another robot you know what i mean that's yeah, that's the, the scary end- part where it's becoming so easy to become you know just just another person where it's like you know all you did was in your life was watch netflix play video games eat stuff shop online never left your house and that's it that that was it very very yeah. black pilled of me <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean um that's definitely true um like if you're one of those guys that are just feeling like getting sucked in like what you could do i suppose is just like reverse entropy um you know just do hard shit essentially um i'm not going to say like take a cold shower or whatever those are just um <laughs> those are you know those are not exactly they things that can help but they're not the you know rule for rule kind of thing you know a lot of people say like cold showers change your life blah 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 okay but like that's just one part of the entire meta kind of yeah. thing you know it's uh it's only one part of the whole thing yeah and in the, the actual advice is you know is do shit that will break you out of your habit cycles yeah um cold showers is just one way of doing that there's other things that you can do that part of it um in terms of like trends i think it's very much so if you go back a thousand years right there were people that literally did what you're saying but in a different kind of way all they did was they'll wake up um you know go to work which is farming come home um sit by the fireplace and that's it like yeah. and they and they've been forgotten by history now uh, the question i'm trying to pose or like the counterfactual is that you know did these guys like waste their life i mean i, I don't have any solution this is like a more philosophical <laughs> no, no. kind of question i see exactly what you're saying you know i see like, you know there's there you can look at it you can always flip it you know like you can yeah. always you can always look at the flip side which is which totally, is a good way totally. to go think about things you know like you can you can be looking at it one way and be like scared or or not agree with what's going on but then you could always look at it from the flip side and yeah you know always there you could always find the positive in in what's happening um, yeah totally and 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 the people that were like active in those societies like there were people that were very passive and there were people that were very active and i think like the same percentage of kind of people are always going to be around i don't know why could can everyone be like a superman and do everything i yeah. i mean i definitely hope so but the way the world works and from what i've seen i don't know i don't think so mainly because if that was the case then why isn't that the case yeah and there's obviously a lot of theories as to you know it's genetics or it's social pressure or you know all these different things i think you know it's it's just, it's like again it's the trend is you know yeah, that that's yeah. just a fact of life yeah yeah and uh, like there's no you know. stopping it kind of <laughs> it, it's just it basically you know you can't f- like one thing i say is you can't find meaning in everything like you can't try to analyze every single thing and figure out why everything is happening and define it yeah. and you know th- sometimes it just is what it is and you just ha- kind of have to go with it like um, yeah definitely and um there are some people i know that like they'll they'll have all these kind of thoughts right 
then they'll do like heavy dose of psychedelics and, the, and then they'll be like oh shit i never noticed this but they did notice it they just never acted upon it and six months later they're they're doing the exact same thing you know so i don't know it's like it's just life you get you just gotta get on with it really yeah. um and you know just try to do shit and for the so, people i think uh, sorry go ahead no i was gonna say let's like uh let's try to kind of condense what we've been talking about into like i guess actionable steps that people can take so you know okay. over the course of the next 10 years the way things are trending things you kind of want to take care of are you know take care of your health take care of your your mental health figure out what you want from life and kind of set out a plan to to yeah I, 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 honestly i think these are very general kind of things you know I think, you know, any man should just be like, find out what he does and be healthy, etc. I think these are very general things. I think like specifically what you should do is, you know, try to find some sort of online business where you can offer value to people. Um, that That's a bit more descriptive. You can definitely like even go down even further and, you know, have a step-by-step in terms of create to account, network with people and, you know, adopt these technology trends, which will happen whether you like it or not. Um, you know, people are going to be uh, remote. So it's, but the thing is, on the flip side, it's easier than ever to start a business. It's easier than ever to network with people, and it's easier than ever to like meet like-minded individuals and you know meet up with them, have a conversation, and you know talk about interesting shit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, just like like going on Twitter, for example, and building an audience is is uh, seems like a very powerful thing to do now because now you have these like thousands of people that are interested in what you have to say. And yeah. that you can, you know, you can talk to them and get feedback from them and keep, um, like, iterating, iterating yeah. what you do yeah. and making it more clear and making it better and optimizing yeah. it. So, totally. Um, I mean, yeah. So, like, in terms of trends, like, yeah, just try to take advantage as much as them, as much as possible, and realize it's going to increase. There's yeah. going to be no reversal because yeah, why would yeah. there be a reversal? There's so many benefits. So pretty much profit. just take advantage of the trends and stop trying to fight what's happening because, if, you know, you're, you're, fi- you're, you're fighting a lost I mean, battle, you, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to be blackpilled in that regard and saying you, you're going to lose, but rather than, like, try to take advantage of the situation and try to implement your solution, that, which will be more possible now so like if you're able to make remote money you're able to live in a farm a lot easier yeah. um, if, if that's what you want to do you know if you, if you want to live with your family like if you're able to like migrate them in a sense uh, and able to make them money and a lot of it comes down to money we may not like that fact as well but like anything that makes people profit is, is, is like you know you should bet on it you know it's yeah. like remote work and amazon like these improve small efficiencies on a large scale um, so they'll, they'll make money, you know? Yeah. And you going up. So let me ask you this, because you seem like a very well-educated, uh, you know, well-organized guy and you seem to have your, your stuff in order. Are there any like, uh, you know, like daily habits or things that you do on a daily basis? Um, you, you, you mentioned that you track everything. Um, so that's one thing, but are there anything like that, that you would, that you could tell us about that you kind of attribute a little bit of your success to? Yeah. So I would say have a calendar. 
So have something that you can maintain every day. And the calendar is a great tool in the sense that you can you can allocate time and then like the most successful people I've ever met, they all had a calendar, they didn't really have a to-do list. Any to-do list they had would be like a brain dump and then they would get a calendar and organize their brain dump and add and, and essentially sort out chaos and sort out order and order that chaos <clears throat> through the calendar. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of maybe like release, releasing some stuff that would help people in, in this kind of field. I, I'm definitely not sure. But yeah, definitely have something that you can note down and review every day. So it may be metrics. So for instance, um, I'm a big believer of what gets measured gets improved. So if, if you've got like if you've got a spreadsheet of your followers day by day and you have a rough idea of what you tweeted that in that in that day or that week or the kind of like how you're doing it things. So you have an increased awareness and, and you can just generally improve just like thinking about things and improving them iteratively, as we said. So one thing I also recommend is like keeping a journal, uh, writing down end of day things, uh, having an end of day report, um, what you did and submitting that to yourself. Essentially, you have an online folder. Um, yeah, so like one of the main tools. These, so these are tools and the objective is, is to learn about yourself, learn what you're doing. How can you know yourself if you're not tracking yourself, you're not measuring yourself? Um, obviously, you'll create your own measures and you know they won't be the same for everyone. You won't have the same objectives or whatever but essentially you need to understand where you're coming from and where you're at now and that will help you in order to make a plan of where you want to go or in fact it'll even help you get direction you know if you if you're if you've got bad sleep um you know and you're not measuring it like it will definitely help you know it'll give you some clarity in terms of what you're doing how you're doing it yeah that's yeah that's uh that's one thing i've been trying to do a lot more this year um i yeah. was never a big guy that measured stuff and tracked stuff and journaled stuff. But, uh, you know, after getting online and seeing that that's what a lot of successful people are doing and it's working out for them. I've been trying to do that this year. Um, that was kind of one of my things in 2021. Like I've been tracking everything, you know, journaling every day, trying to keep track of what I'm doing, what works, what doesn't work. It's been yeah. good so far, man. It's, it's definitely a, a, a big change that I, that I've noticed no definitely and i think it's it's not only a great tool for yourself but like you can you can look back on and reflect so in work what i do is like i'll try to track as a project manager you have to track progress against your end goal right and essentially what you got the way you do it is you you, you have to note down things so like you have like a set, set of tasks to do each day and every week right and you and you basically you'll note down how they went and the only way you can do that is to actually like create some sort of measurement KPI um, and then you track your progress and then you'll find areas where, all right, we did bad this reason. Why did we do it bad? You know? Um, and then essentially when, once you find out what you've done, hello. Hello? Yeah. Sorry, I cut off. Yeah, you cut off. Uh, uh, you were saying uh, uh, once you found out like what you had done, some, something like along those lines, and then it cut off. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it's more or less the point. I'm, I'm just trying to like, it, you know, drive it home. It's essentially, you know, you track what you do, and you measure what you tracked, and then if, you, if you're below um, your ideal target or whatever KPI, 
you go back and you investigate you'll find the problem uh, and then naturally you'll come up with a solution you'll find someone that has come up with a solution and then you'll iterate and then you'll do it again and you'll see improvement yeah. very general you know let's talk uh, like software wise is there anything specific that you use to do this um i've seen a lot of people use notion or you know there's all these new um, apps you, coming you, out you, um one sec yeah i use a google spreadsheet um that's it that's all you really need um and then what i do is i have certain automations so i'll have zapier um um link to rescue time i don't know if you know rescue time but it's an application that measures um your your computer and mobile mobile activity and then there is another one um, i think it's not working too well um but that essentially tracks your activity and then that links with rescue time so it, it creates a more of a holistic image um and now obviously with the ura ring that's going to be added into the stack of just me measuring everything um, there's various apps you can use that will, you know, track what you do on Chrome. So like eat how much time you spend on Twitter, etc. Those are very easy to implement. And I think what people, what I'm trying to do personally is just trying to gather as much data as I can. So like in, ter in terms of tweets, I'm always like looking at tweets at a meta level and diagnosing them just because I'm very interested in like playing around with data. So, so like me personally, I have like a Google calendar link of where it, at the end of the day, like it updates through rescue time and it has like a daily summary or you spent x amount of time productively y amount of time you know unproductively and that just gives me like a general sense i'm like okay shit you know i'm slipping on this target i'll let me just ramp up you know the amount of hours i put in x into another topic that's cool man that's that's very cool i feel like uh there's a big market there for creating something that will do all of this for you because it's not that easy to well, it's, it might seem easy to you, but it's not that easy for someone to just, you know, build the spreadsheet and track everything and get, make that automation. And um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know, like, it's kind of an obsession um, in the sense that I'm, I'm just very interested in like data and tracking data and playing around data. So one of my pinned threads, like one of my first threads is just literally graphs, right? It's just graphs of various, various interesting data uh, things. And um, yeah, so it's just it's just it's just literally graphs and numbers and you know ways of analyzing data. I'm I'm just really fascinated that by that kind of visualization. So, for instance, I've got data of my followers day by day back all the way back to about 2014. Oh, so wow. I can see, so I can see essentially like, um, and I just and I found some like um, online automations that you know would do this for me. And um, you know, and the thing is, I just thought that was cool and I did it. In terms of like an online application that can do all of this, there are some like applications that can do like very certain tasks, but they all have their pros and cons. Um, I'm, I, I could probably make my own in a sense um, and then just slap a user interface on it and people could like implement it in their own systems. Um, that's, that's probably going to be like a couple of years down the line if that, but that's a good idea to have, you know? Um, yeah. And uh, definitely, that's definitely one thing that someone could do and create automations of, um, yeah, there's a huge, huge area for that. One thing I wanted to do um, a long time ago was like create, use a sensor company to like create my own informatics kind of uh, clothing oriented, uh, sensor informatics oriented clothing, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So you basically put on like any random clothing and it'll just track your, uh, 
um, biology in a sense. I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just generally interested in that. Um, yeah, there's a huge market for people that would be wanting to. I do mean, it. data is everything. At the end of the day, that's what it seems with uh, with like the way the world is trending. Um, have you seen that documentary, uh, The Social Dilemma? I think it's called. Yeah, I have on Twitter, on Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it gives a pretty uh, dark view on how data is being used and stuff. No, I totally agree. And I think uh, there should be some sort of like government intervention in terms of how companies use this or how open source it is or how anonymous it is. Um, you know, a lot of the issues of the last five years were due to misuse of data and still being misused, you know. Um, so I think if you're able to control data yourself and control your own data, it's definitely going to have a lot of insights. Yeah, for sure. So I think that's that's the biggest change people will need to start making. I, I started doing it this year. Um, it's been very beneficial. Obviously, it's, you know, I'm still trying to figure out what to track and how to do it and it, it's a process, you know, it takes takes some time to figure out. Yeah, totally. And I think um, the one thing like you can do is just like start tracking what you, how you work out and, you're, and, you're, and you have a workout plan. That's one way of like implementing a tracking kind of system. And then what you do in the back end is probably create like a diet plan and you're tracking what you eat and you and you count your macros and your calories etc so and that would just like create a kind of habit of your of you tracking i remember at one point i was tracking everything i ate and uh, you know and like that definitely helped i got, I got to see how much um calories i was, I was expanding i think it was called uh, it was the one by um under armor i can't remember it's a blue one I can't, yeah, uh, yeah. you've probably got the name um there's one uh, Fit for, track or something for tracking calories it's called there's one good one called my fitness pal yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly it. And I was using that for a bit, and um, I could probably export the data um, somehow into like a spreadsheet and just keep that spreadsheet. I own that spreadsheet for a very long time. Um, you know, like I said, I've got data going back years, um, and like every now and again, I'll just start like tracking things. So if I'm if I realize I'm doing something badly, I'll start tracking it and be like, oh yeah, this why is this why is that? Let's implement X Y Z. And uh, I mean, I do that in my day to day job as well, like. If someone's you know not performing as well, I start tracking their um, behaviors and their performance on a, on a very like you know hands-on kind of level, and uh, that might be new to a lot of people, but I think it's it's getting very easy. Um, yeah, man. So, uh, so I, th I think we're going a little bit over here, but uh, before we wrap up, um, like what can we expect from your Twitter? I know you said it's changing now and you're you're trying to do something with it versus just you were writing your notes on it before so what what are you planning to do with it uh in the future um i'm i'm, I'm not at the moment i'm still experimenting um i definitely want to release a lot of products this year um obviously i'm, I'm on podcasts now as well so i definitely want to take that up as well you know get more podcasts start my own podcast i have a i've have, i host a chat every friday on my discord sermon i mean discord server and i call it a sermon i'm just like you know talking about certain topics actually the last topic i was talking about was uh, systems and goals and i was basically breaking down and sharing my screen in terms of how i operate my systems um you know how i check in every uh, week with a you know a, a, what's it called a, a partner that you know 
accountability partner and essentially I, I do that and uh, how my spreadsheet looks, how it's going to look. So there's a lot of things that are in the works. Um, I'm, I'm not the kind of guy to rush. I know I've got you for my side. Obviously, that doesn't mean I can take my time too much. Um, I'm definitely obviously implementing things right now. Um, you know, I've got other things in the works. Um, but I definitely want to, you know, consolidate my gains before making increased risks. Um, I'm, I'm, as, a, as, a, as a kid, you know, I was, I was doing a lot of business and stuff. and I took a lot of risks, lost a lot of money. And, you know, you definitely learn how to operate in a, in a different kind of way due to that. So in terms of what you can look out for is um, I'm, I'm, gen I'm generally tweeting about what I do. I've always done that and I definitely will keep that up. Um, I definitely keep that up and um, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll keep tweeting about like business insights and I definitely want to start ma ma returning to some blogs and stuff about um, like what I've noticed in business and consulting and stuff. And I generally, you know, want to make more podcasts, meet more interesting people. So if anyone's listening to this and wants to reach out, please do. Um, and, you know, we'll take it from there. In terms of products and stuff, I definitely got some things in the works, but I don't want it to be solely focused on my Twitter, if that makes sense. I want, I want them to be good products. And then, you know, it'll just be like a side thing to my Twitter. I don't want it to be, I don't want to release a Twitter growth guide or, you know, anything like that in a sense. Um, I, I definitely want to create something away from Twitter because I feel as though I've been on Twitter for so long and yeah. I've seen a lot of things come and go. I, I want to create something that I'll be able to do and sell and talk about in 10 years' time. Gotcha. Yeah, man. Long-term long -term game. That's the way to do it. Definitely. Um, yeah, man. I'm looking forward to see what you come up with. Um, I'll include links to all your stuff in the, in the description for this. Um, yeah, man, it's it's been a pleasure talking to you. That was fun. Likewise, and, yeah. Uh, I I'd definitely be down to do this again sometime, and uh, you know I'll, I'll be in touch on Twitter. No, definitely. I I really enjoyed this experience, and uh, yeah, if you want to do it again, I'm more than happy to do that. Appreciate that, man. All right, man. Take care. I'll uh, talk to you soon. You too. Cheers. Bye. Bye. -bye.